Glory to God. Well, are y'all ready to get into the Word of God? Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. We'll see how far we get with this this morning. All right. Romans 1. I'm going to begin reading at verse 16 and the 17th verse. The Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, for therein, therein where? Therein the gospel. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Where, let me ask you, where is the righteousness of God revealed? Therein where? Therein the gospel. So it would help us to know what that gospel message was, wouldn't it? And let me tell you what, the gospel message is a whole lot more than you may think. And a whole lot more than you may have been taught. You see, some people think the gospel, uh, the gospel message is that Jesus died for your sins, you rotten thing. And aren't you lucky? You know, you better be happy. You know, you. <laughs> and yes, Jesus did die for our sins, and that's the primary thing. If he didn't do anything else for us, man, it beats going to hell, don't it? Huh? That's what Brother Hagin used to say. He said, we sure beat going to hell. <laughs> Hey, man, I mean, you've always got something to be thankful for. Don't you tell me the Lord ain't done nothing for you. You're just not being thankful. Hey, man. And so, I mean, uh, it beats going to hell. Hey, man, if that's all he did. But he did a whole lot more for us. And it's not so much that I believe Christians are turning away from the gospel. They're turning away the fragmented parcel of the gospel they've been taught because it's wearing them out they've been serving the lord for 30 years and they know what the message is going to be about when they get to church sunday morning it's about you sinners you need to be right and jesus died for your sins and they've been serving the lord like 30 years now you might need to refreshen up on that you know from time to time, we've taught on the message of the cross and the importance of being mindful of the cross and what it was ultimately about. But you don't live in that thought or you'll never get beyond the cross. In fact, you ought to be so resurrected minded, you have to remind yourself of the death. And that's what the uh, ordinance of, of, uh, of um, communion is about. Jesus only left two ordinances to, to the church, by the way. Water baptism and communion the lord's table and both of those signify the death of christ so you got to do something um to remind yourself you ought to be so resurrected minded that the pastor has to remind you of the death of jesus because all you too busy thinking about is is resurrection life resurrection power resurrection joy there was no crying on the other side of the cross there was no weeping uh uh rejected you know um messiah on the resurrection side of the cross come on there's one that reigns in victory with the keys to death and hell declaring i declaring i am he that lives and i'm alive forevermore and i have the keys to death hell and the grave and then he said to his disciples, go in my name. He didn't say, you, you know, as just weak and beggarly, you know, pilgrims. But go forth in my name as ambassadors of Christ. Amen. I've never seen a poor, weak, dejected ambassador. That wouldn't say much for the nation he came from, would it? Amen. But ambassadors are always in the best. They represent their, their government uh, to the greatest capacity of that government's ability to 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 uh, prepare that ambassador glory to god and that that has more to do with with your attitude 
than it does your clothes or the car you're in or the house. So don't. But but listen, it will affect your your clothes. It will affect your house. It will affect your car. And that's the gospel truth. (laughs) I said, that's the gospel truth. I ought to come up with some like daily gospel truths. Amen. That's the gospel truth. Amen. Because we there's not a person I know that don't know they're they're just a sinner. You know, I mean, you, you could go ask somebody in the bar and they'll tell you, yeah, I'm just a sinner. You know, that's what my grandma taught me. You know, we're all sinners. You know, yeah. What are they doing with that revelation? But there's something else that's revealed in the gospel other than the fact that we're lost, other than the fact that we were sinners. And listen, you're not a sinner saved by grace. And the reason why people have that bumper sticker is because that's the only part of the gospel they've ever heard. We're just sinners saved by grace. I'm just like you. I'm no better than you. I just have Jesus. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. You know? No, 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 no. We were a sinner. We're not denying that we were a sinner. But God did more for us than just say, I forgive you, Brooke. It leaves Brooke the same way she was. She needed more than just God to say, I forgive her. And God, as a righteous judge, has to do more than forgive her. Brooke can be forgiven and and on her way to hell. Because it wasn't what she did that was sending her there. It was who she was. So God has to do more than say, I forgive you. Hey, Jesus would not have to come and die on the cross if all God needed to do was forgive us. In fact, he forgave us before he sent Jesus, but that's why he could send. If he didn't forgive you, he would not have sent Jesus. But forgiveness did nothing for you till he came. That's brand new right off the press. He didn't send Jesus to be tortured and suffer the curse and the wrath of of the Father himself and look down and say, okay, now I forgive you all rotten scumbags. I have to now. No, he already forgave you and that's why he did something. You never did anything for anyone until you forgave them either. You had to forgive them to begin to treat them different. I hope you're getting this. Don't go out here and say something I didn't say. (laughs) Because you didn't get nothing out of that forgiveness. God had to do something. Because he wanted to do more than just let you know while you're burning for eternity that at least you are forgiven. See, here's why God could not. people, And these are legitimate questions people have. You know, such as, why did God kill Jesus? Why didn't he just kill the devil? (laughs) Good question, right? Because he's a righteous judge. And he has to judge sin. He has to judge wrong. He cannot sweep it under the rug. In fact, that's all he was really, in essence, doing all through the old covenant for, for, uh, uh, for like 4,000 years was sweeping sin under the rug by the blood of bulls and goats and rams and turtle doves. It covered sin. It did not cleanse sin. It, it, it did not remove the sin, but when God looked on his people, Israel, instead of seeing their sin, he would see the blood. And, he had to, and then he could treat them according to the innocence of the blood of that animal. But the blood of animals, of bulls and goats, is not enough to remove sin. It merely covers it. It's like John Connolly's song, you know, these rose-colored glasses that I'm looking through shows only the beauty hides all the truth. 
okay? Now, if you're a country western buff, you know what I'm talking about there. But, but you know, um, you know he, he, it's, he said as long as he wore them glasses, he, he'd just see the beauty of the woman he's with and not all her lies and everything. But, <laughs> but, anyways, but anyways, listen, listen, God is not looking at you and I through rose-colored glasses. And that's what is traditionally taught in the Christian church is that all God does is just, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're still a sinner, but he sees the blood of Jesus. No, listen, if all God needed to do was cover our sins, uh, uh, the blood of the animals was doing a good enough job. But God wanted to do more than cover. He wanted to cleanse. Amen. See, an animal can't can't pay for the sins of a human who's who's created on a higher order the blood of an animal is not worthy or valued as highly as the blood and the life of a human being so a human being had to come a pure human being without spot and without blemish had to come and that person was god manifested in the flesh amen a perfect sinless human and it could only happen by god coming and manifesting himself in the flesh. Amen. And he lived a sinless, stainless life for 33 and a half years until they crucified him. And he became the perfect lamb without spot and without blemish. And he provided the blood sacrifice that could do much more than cover sin, though it's there. The stink's still there. But the sin's still there, but it's covered. It looks pretty, but, it, but you get close enough to it, you can still smell it. <laughs> you know, well, the blood of Jesus did more than cover our sin. The blood of Jesus cleansed. Amen. The blood of Jesus cleanses all sin. Amen. And so God had to do more than just forgive us. Um, otherwise, we would have still um, been on the way to hell. And the reason why, that he couldn't just kill the devil. You want to know why God couldn't just kill the devil? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Why go through all this mess when Adam and Eve ate the fruit? Well, you know, why couldn't God just said, oh, I, I, I. that's the reason why you got to spank your kids. But we won't go there either. Because your heart, you want to say, oh, baby, I know you've been having a headache. You've been having a <laughs> I know. <laughs> people that say you shouldn't spank your kids I, I, uh, so many of them they, they, they ain't even got any and they're like supposed to be professional counselor children you know psychologists and they give me a, I am a psychologist because I got kids <laughs> hey man <laughs> I mean know what I'm talking about huh hey man James knows He's like, he's like the top in the room, man, probably. No, he's got good kids. I didn't mean because they were bad. I mean because you had so many. But <laughs> they're good kids. Amen. And so, um, but here's the reason why God couldn't just kill the devil. Let me take a drink so my message don't be dry. Anyways, um, man, because wouldn't that be cool if, if, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, God comes down and Adam's like, you know, hiding because he's not trying to hide from God. He's, he, he, he's not trying to hide from God, period. That's not his intention. He doesn't feel worthy to stand in his presence. He has shame. He has guilt. And so they hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. Oh, God, that's so good. I see that. Whew. Man, we have so, we're, we've been redeemed. 
You know that? Listen, if Adam didn't want to be in the presence of God, he had to hide from him. We as Christians, we have not come up to the level where we're supposed to be in. We think we got to search and look and seek and uh, where's he at? Adam had to hide from him if he didn't want him. We ought to have such a knowledge of our redemption in Christ Jesus and a renewed mind to our righteousness in him because after all, let's go back to that Romans 1. After all, it's, it's righteousness was the first revelation you should have gotten by the gospel message. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, and then the next one, for therein. How did I get verse 16? Verse 17 is how I got verse 16. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Say, I'm righteous. In Christ, I am righteous. See, that should have been the first revelation you got after you were saved. But for many people, it's the last one they get. And then they die and go home and be with the Lord. Or they don't ever get that revelation. You can go to heaven and never know you're, you're righteous. But then you'll, you'll, you'll keep on experiencing the same life um, and situations and circumstances of your life that you experienced before you were saved. Though when you die, you're going to heaven. And you can go to heaven without ever getting a revelation of your righteousness. But you'll never walk in the privileges that you have for you, that the blood of Jesus afforded for you. And that's the gospel message. Amen. And so I keep kind of getting off, off track about it, but I want to tell you before I move on why we can't just say, you know, well, God just killed the devil. And it's because he's a just God. He's a just God. And on the cross, there was two things revealed to the human race, not just one. A lot of people think that when you say, what does the cross mean? Well, it's the love of God. And you're right. But it's more than love that's revealed on the cross. If all our salvation is based on is God loving us, listen to me. If all our salvation is based on is, is, and, and proceeds from is the love of God, then all he had to do was love us and forgive us. And why would he do all that and wait thousands of years of preparing this, the, the coming of his son and through prophets being martyred and, and, and different things and, 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 and bringing this, the, 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 the law of Moses and the Pentateuch and the, you know, and the scriptures and preserving them and all, and, and all these prophecies of the, of the Messiah and if, if all he had to do was love us. He never, you know what? He never stopped loving you. Right. Amen. He loved Adam before they ate the fruit. He loved him after, while they were eating the fruit. He loved them after they ate the fruit. But it didn't stop the consequences. Love, love does not stop consequences. And that's what this modern day preaching is teaching, is that the love of God redeems you from consequences. No, listen, you don't have to be redeemed. You don't have to have a curse to have a consequence. And a lot of what people are suffering is not curse, they're suffering consequence. They're not suffering curse, they're suffering consequence. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's sowing and reaping. What comes around goes around. Those are all truths. Amen. And, and you could suffer the effects of the curse and it, and it not be the curse. 
<laughs> and that's pretty bad. I mean, when you're redeemed from the curse and you still got the effects of or the equivalency of the curse, something's wrong in here and in here. We perish for a lack of knowledge. My people, God says, perish in Hosea 4, 6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so ooh, I just re- I'm trying to, my best to get to it, but I just keep on doing this here and going. But listen, because there's other things that need to be said. But if all God did was just forgive us and say, I love you, um, that wouldn't, then he would not have been a just God. And I'm getting to what I mean by that. I'm going to show you that. There was two things revealed on the cross. One was the love of God, certainly. All right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But it was love that sent him. But it was also God's justice that required it. God sent Jesus because he loved us, but also because his justice demanded it. Amen. Or did you know he never had to send his son? We could have just he could have just said, you know what? You made your bed. You're going to have to lie in it. And he would have still been a just God. He would have still been a good God if he let you go to hell. We thought we're not going to hell because he's good. No, (laughs) you deserved hell. And he would have been a bad God not to send you there. Come on. (laughs) I said he would have been a bad God if he didn't send you to hell. And me too, without the proper price being paid for that sin. See, we got to come to this point where it's like, I am a sinner. I deserve hell. And that's what makes the gospel valuable is that the price was paid by another. God didn't send Jesus to just give us added accessories to our life. Amen. You know, I read, actually, it was um, President Obama's uh, book, uh, uh, The Audacity of Hope. It said that he came to Christ not because of any qualities missing from his life, but he gave his life to Christ to add to him the qualities that were already present. But you can't find that foreword in there anymore. So if your salvation is based on just, well, I'm, I, I'm really a good person. I just need some help. Man, you missing the whole picture. You do have to come to that point where it's like, I, I am a sinner. I have transgressed God's holy law. I am deserving of his judgment. And then the gospel message sets you free from that burden. Because you realize the price was paid by someone um, that could pay it and stood in your place. He was your substitute and his name is Jesus Christ. And he he did more than just give you a ticket to heaven when you die but go through whatever hell you may until then. No, he he, he came to give us eternal life, not after we die, but the moment we accept him into our life. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen. You've got to acknowledge as a sinner, I am a sinner, but then you've got to get a revelation of righteousness. Without the acknowledgement of who you were in Adam, who you are in Christ will never mean much to you. You'll never, never appreciate it. And you'll always be waiting for God to do something for you next for you to be happy about. But when it doesn't look like he's doing nothing for you, you could always look back to the cross and it'll put a smile on your face. Because you know you was on your way to hell and you were going there uh, because you deserved it. God could have just let us all go to hell and he would have still been righteous and he would have still been good. What would you think about a judge 
I mean, all the evidence is there that the person murdered the child or, or raped a, a, a person or, you know, and all the evidence was there. And the judge just said, you know what? You did all this crime. The evidence is there. Um, but since I'm a good judge, I'm going to let you go. Would that be a good judge? No. And especially in these days we're living in, we got to make sure that we are focused in the word more than we've ever been because it's going to get easier and easier and easier to veer off and still believe that we're in the center of God's will for our life. My daughter loves to watch I Love Lucy. And I think she, she is an expert on I Love Lucy. And it's an awesome show. I love I Love Lucy. I mean, love, love I Love Lucy, okay? And those other shows like that. She's watched them all. I think Kathy, she liked them so much that Kathy just ended up, she found all the DVDs or something and got them for her. Um, but back then, you know what was the big sin? Is that they're laying in the even if they weren't in the same bed, if they had one bed that insinuated they would be in the same bed and, that, and you couldn't put that on TV because it led people to think about sex. And you're just not supposed to be, you know, that's not the atmosphere for this. That's not, you know, this is a family show, you know, you know. And some, some things may have been a little extreme, but I think we're a lot more extreme on the other side now. You got to really watch the cartoons your kids watch, man. There's hardly not nothing that's worth them. I mean, you got to even like pick through certain ones. It's like, well, have you seen this one? No. Okay, well, I'll watch it with you. You know, we'll see. You know. I mean, because stuff is bad, y'all. You know, and it's like you, you've, they're, they're, you've got to hold a tight rope to yourself. You, you've got you to just, you know, um, jerk the slack out of yourself. And get a little bit extreme because if you want to be an influence to people in your life, you've always got to be a step above what you expect them to be. And so you're going to have to have another level of, of, uh, of standard for yourself. And it's not always like, well, pff, that won't send me to hell. And they don't have no business being offended anyways. That's a sin. You know? No, you, you are the only Jesus some people may ever meet. Amen. And what you do or don't do shouldn't be based on whether or not you think it'll send you to hell, but whether or not you think it might send someone else there. Amen. Woo, what got me on all that, man? What time is this time to go, ain't it? But <laughs> anyways, okay, I better just tell you then. All right. Why didn't God just kill the devil? Because he's not only a loving God, uh, love would make you want to kill somebody, boy, if, if they're messing with your children. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't act like you wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you mess with your kid, you, the mama bear comes out. Isn't that right? And it should. If, you, if the mama bear don't come out of you when people's messing with your kids, I'm not saying that the mama bear does everything the mama bear would do, but the mama bear wants to do everything the mama bear would do. And you might overextend that a little bit from time to time, you know. You know, if that don't happen to you, something's wrong with you. And that's godly. Did you know justice is godly? But God says he doesn't want you to be the one to, to issue that justice. He says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, I will repay. So whenever we snap back at someone, because uh, we all got people like that in our life. Well, we want to bark back. <laughs> rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> hey man Woo, i don't know i'm I, i'm pastoring you know this is not an evangelistic message and i'm running around the room message you can't even want to but 
just to, just to shake off the, <laughs> get the stiffness out of the air here this morning. <laughs> we might just all take a lap. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> but God does more than just love us. He's, he's also just. And the cross, uh, or rather, um, our redemption demanded not only his, uh, required not only his love, but also his, it demanded his justice. Amen. See, he said to Adam and Eve, he, what did he say? The day you eat of this fruit, what? You will surely die. The day. The day. You say, well, Adam lived to be over 900, and, like 930 years old. He didn't die that day. No, he died spiritually that day, which is a separation from God. And that's the condition that the world is in right now. They are under what um, the Bible, what we call spiritual death. Amen. You say, where's that in the Bible? Well, Jesus said that there's more than one kind of death. In fact, there's three where he said, let the dead do what? Bury the dead. Well, if he's talking about let the physically dead bury the physically dead, how can that be possible? He's talking about let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. Amen. And the Apostle Paul talked about how that he was alive, you know, until the law came. And then he died. He was talking about that spiritual death, that separation from God. When he realized that he, the moment he realized that he was a sinner, that he was a transgressor of God's law, he recognized at that moment that he needed a savior because he was dead, uh, alienated from the life of God without hope and without God in the world. Amen. And so um, God in his justice, it required a sacrifice or he could have just sent us to hell and he would have still been just and he would have still been good. But I'm, I'm glad he was, you know, that in his goodness, he said, I'm going to make a way for their redemption. I love them so much that I'm not going to just stand by and watch them die and suffer their judgment. Now, why didn't he just kill the devil? Because he's a just God. He said to Adam and Eve, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Now, God gave his word. And you think, you, a lot of times we think of his word as promises, but his word is also uh, judgments. And if I can't believe his judgment, where, where am I going to get faith for his promise? If I can't have faith in both, how can I have faith for either? Amen. When God says the day you eat of this tree, you're going to surely die. I have to believe that word just like I believe my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's able to make all grace abound towards me. I got I to gotta believe the word of his judgment the same way I believe the word of his promise. Amen. And if God ever did not do what he said he would do, he's just separated himself from man ever being able to believe a word he says. That's why it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six. Because God puts such a value on his word and has always done what he said. And so that's why God can't be pleased without faith in his word. Because he has always held true to his word. That's the reason why he, the children of Israel always grieved the Lord in the, in, the, in the wilderness. He would deliver them time after time. And then the next, you know, uncomfortable circumstance arise. And all of a sudden they're crying, why have you brought us out here to die? And it said like it angered the Lord. Why? Because he had always done everything he said he would do. He places a high value on belief in his word. He has always done everything he ever said he would do. And so if God ever did not judge man for his sin, because it goes on in Exodus, it says the soul that sins shall what? Surely die. Okay. 
And then you got the Apostle Paul in Romans 3.23 where he says the wages of sin is what? Amen. All right. So you've got it all through the word of God where God has declared sin will bring death. Amen. So, so if, if God just came over and, and just killed the devil, well, that'd be death all right, I guess. But, <laughs> but really, you can't even kill a spirit for number one. And number two, he wouldn't be an acceptable sacrifice. Angels aren't created on the level of, of a person anyways. They weren't created in the image and likeness of God. A, a perfect, acceptable sacrifice would be, have to be an equal sacrifice. Amen. So death had to take place. It was going to be ours or it would be Jesus's. And thank God he so loved the world. And Jesus was just as much involved in this as the father. Don't think that the father just kind of like forced him to do this, you know. This was, this was, Jesus was just as much involved in this um, as the Father. In fact, when you study the scriptures out, I can show you there's at least four verses in the New Testament, in the epistles, that, that explicitly states that it was God the Son who was the one who actually created the world. He was personally involved. This, we, a lot of times, traditionally, we think of it as the Father, right? But when you read the scriptures, we see that it was Jesus is the one. He's the word. And God said, and God said, and that's, that's just in Genesis. But all through the epistles, it explicitly states that the worlds were created by Jesus Christ. So he has personal investment in this. And so, uh, and, and ownership in this. He's like, you know, I'm not doing this for the Father. I'm doing this for me. This is, this is my work. I can't let anything I do fail. I have to be the sacrifice. Amen. And so when Jesus was a sacrifice for the sins of the world, it demonstrated not only God's love for us, but also his judgment. And, and uh, see, here's what happened. Lord, help me with this, because I, I wasn't planning on getting into all this. But here's kind of what began to happen. Um, and you read it all through the Psalms where, and, and different places where the prophets complained. And they said, they said uh, Lord, when are you going to judge the wicked? Right? And it was almost like they were accusing the Lord of not doing his job. It appeared to them that the, that the wicked were getting off scot-free, you know. Uh, and one of the prophets, they said, you know, um, we're suffering lack, and it just looks like the wicked are prospering more and more. What's going on, Lord? And so this, this, um, this tension was mounding over the years and centuries in the Old Testament. Why isn't the Lord judging the wicked? And we're still suffering more and more, and we're righteous. And one of the prophets said, what good is it to do right when the wicked are prospering more than ourselves? It was getting pretty serious. God had a dilemma on his hand because his justice was now being seriously called into question from his people. But what, the, what Israel did not know is that God in his mercy was postponing his judgment, not canceling it. Because he saw on Calvary that he would send his son to pay not only, we think of him dying for our sins in the present and the future, but he also died for the sins and transgressions of those in the past. And if the people of Israel would have had as much mercy as God, they would have seen that. But it's hard when you're the one suffering. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to remember that stuff. Even today, you know, you got to remind yourself um, that God's merciful. That the reason why people have not got the judgment that you think they deserve, and they may deserve it, the reason why they haven't got it yet is because of the cross. And you need to be as merciful <laughs> to them as God is. 
And then also remember that their sin is not any worse than what yours is or was. And thank God he was patient with me. Amen. See, anytime we start getting an attitude like, God, why don't you judge them? We think that their transgression against God was worse than our transgression against God. And we become like that person that was forgiven the hundreds of thousands of dollars and then he went and strangled the neck of that guy that owed him a few cents. Come on. Or the self-righteous Pharisee, you know, on one side and then you got the publican, the sinner on the other side. You know, uh, the publican, the sinner is just crying his heart out. Oh, God, I know I'm not worthy. I know that I'm a sinner. I, I know that, I, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm done. And and and, and he, beating, he said he was beating his chest. He just wanted he there was something in him he knew didn't belong. And he's just like, oh, God, I got to get this out of me. Who should deliver me, you know, from the body of this death? You know, and then you got this self-righteous Pharisee over there. He said, oh, Father, I thank you that I'm not like that guy over there. <laughs> man, I tell you what. Jesus, man, he, the only people he got upset with was, was self-righteous people. Amen. You, you know, God hates unrighteousness, but, but what he hates more than unrighteousness is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. God highly prizes his word, y'all. He puts great stake in how we perceive his word. And so what happened on the cross was proof that God did not let all those sins in the past slide. That judgment was made for all the sins of the past through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. You say, how could one man's sacrifice make redemption for all mankind? The same way uh, one man's obedience made uh, redemption available for all mankind the same way one man's disobedience made sin and the fall uh, um, upon uh, come upon all men that that sin of Adam the disobedience of Adam affected all men and the obedience of Jesus affects all men that's why we are in Christ and no longer in Adam amen Amen. Naturally speaking, you might have uh, some kind of a genetic disorder or disease that runs in your family. But as soon as you got born again, you are in a new family tree and you do not go by statistics for your life as what happened to your mama and what happened to your grandmama. You could cut that off right now and say, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's the reason why, like, how many has ever read the Old Testament and it kind of can get a little boring when it's like, and Shezbalah begot Hembahu, and, you know, and, you, and it's just like page after page, and you just like, you know, and I don't know all of, you know, Meshibaleth, and, and Ahibapho, and, you know, and you just, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord, you know, and you just like, I got to read this, or I can't say I read the Bible, you know, you know, I got, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's like page after page, so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and, and you could trace it all the way back to Adam. But when you get born again, you know what the Bible says? It says, ye are of God. Amen. Amen. God has no grandchildren. Do you know that? So everything that comes to you, it don't come from your granny no more. Praise God. It don't come from your mama no more. It don't come from your daddy no more. What you get, it comes from God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome the world. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's within the world. Praise God. We are in the world, but we're no longer of it. We don't have to succumb to its statistics. Amen. 
Praise God. We don't have to have what the world has. We, can, we only have to have what God says we have to have. It's time we take a stand for it. Now listen, God gave it. We have to possess it. God gave salvation, but you didn't possess it until you, until you said, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. When it comes to healing, you've got to say, Jesus, I receive you as my healer. I receive my healing. When it comes to provider, you've got to say, Jesus, I receive you as my provider. It's part of the gospel message. Amen. It's the gospel truth that Jesus died so you don't have to be poor no more. It's a, it's a gospel truth that, that Jesus was made a curse so you don't have to be sick or diseased anymore. That's the gospel truth. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body, he provided redemption for us. Do you believe that? Amen. Thank God. And so let's just read Romans and we'll go close, all right? Praise God for our redemption in Jesus. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Come on. Yeah. Keith, um, he's getting a hold of this truth, so he tells you that you're his human daddy. Yeah, Keith calling me his human daddy. And, and he don't just say my, he, he calls me, he says, human daddy. Anyways, I was like, well, at least... At least he's recognizing that, you know, there's someone else to appeal to if, if his human daddy doesn't go for what he's wanting, you know? <laughs> and so, and he's not going to have much luck with his heavenly daddy if he's not making his human daddy happy. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> and so it's not always just asking me. You, you, did you talk to God about that? Amen. They think just because it's their birthday, it don't matter. Like, it don't matter how much it is. It's just like, I won't. You know, you just be like, you need to talk to the Lord about that. Amen. Oh, that's another message for another day. Amen. We need to get our kids faith in God and not just what we can do for them. And financially, you might be able to do everything for them they could ever ask of you. But at the end of the day, all they have now is faith in you. You could have millions of dollars in the bank account, and you better tell them, kids, you better start believing God for it. You better start finding a picture of it in a magazine and cut it out and start praying and slapping it every day. Say, Father, I thank you. Because you need to start looking to your heavenly daddy, not just your human daddy. Amen. That's building faith in your kids. Amen. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean you can't be good to them. But here's what you ought to pray whenever you're you're dealing with your kids and raising your kids and wanting them to have faith in God. It doesn't mean you you don't buy things for them and just say, well, we just hope God talks to somebody. No, I'm not saying that. But here's what you pray is you say, God, I believe you can get my daughter, my son, this thing that they're believing you for. Or maybe their room redone or new furniture in their room or a new toy or something, you know. But do it in a way, even if I'm the one paying for it, I ask that you would do it in a way that they would know that it was more than just dad and mom involved. That they would see you at work in the process. See what I'm saying? But sometimes it's just like, dad, can I? Sure. Well, they don't see God in that. But say, God, let, let, them, let, let them see you in this so that they'll grow up. When they leave the house, they're not just thinking about like, oh, I wish mom was here. Mm-hmm. Calling up dad, you know, calling up mom. No, it's like they'll call up God. And then if God wants you involved, he'll talk to you and say, your son's been asking me for something. I need you to help him with it. And you call him up and you say, have you been believing for whatever? Oh, I know God is hearing me. See what I'm saying? Amen. All right, let's, let's close with this. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's the, that's the unbeliever. That's you, that was you and I. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. All right, praise God. And so righteousness 
Being made righteous is simply um, the ability to enter into the presence of God without the sense of guilt, fear, or the sense of inferiority. Amen. God is God and will never be God. But he has redeemed us so and made us such in fellowship with him that we can go into his presence without that sense of inferiority. Don't ever go in there creeping like you're scared, like, oh, I've been so bad, I hope God. No, you just walk up in there. I mean, I mean, I could be studying in the bedroom with the door shut. It's like, obviously, like, you should probably knock, you know. Boom, Keith comes in there, you know, jumps in my lap, you know, inappropriate or inappropriate, but he doesn't have that sense of inferiority. I'm so sorry, Dad. What? You know, <laughs> come in. I'm so sorry, sorry, Dad. I just want to ask you one question. That's how people come to God. You ought to be like your children. Amen. And just bust on in there. Amen. Because he's holding nothing against you, glory to God. He held everything that was to be held against you and I. He held it against Jesus on the cross. All his wrath was poured out on Jesus. He don't have no more. Amen. All he has for you and I is love and mercy, and kindness, and his goodness, praise the Lord, amen, but first of all, the first revelation you should have got when you were born again, if you don't have it today, you can leave here with it, is that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, amen, God bless you, you can be dismissed.